Hey, all Teach for Endurance here, uh, coming to you with another podcast. Uh, we're going to call this one, It's Not Rocket Science. You know, I try not to make life more challenging than it already is. Uh, my aspirations are definitely not to feel down or depressed about all the things that I don't know or I don't understand. I rather, or I prefer, to approach life with a sense of excitement at the abundance of uncharted territory that I've yet to explore. When it comes to racing, thankfully the Ironman race or endurance racing in general are not rocket science, which is good as I'm no physicist. No matter how nervous my mind may attempt to make me, in the end, it is not really a big deal. I'm going for a dip in the water, a bike ride, and a simple run. Things I've been doing since I could walk. You know, the distances might be far more extreme, but really overall the premise is the same. Take for example the swim. I certainly do not allow myself to stare in awe at how far the buoys go out in the water. I trust in my preparation and my comfort level in the water. If need be, I could swim much farther than 2.4 miles. So by not overanalyzing the distance, I envision that I'm just simply jumping in a really big pool for some relaxing, albeit uh, a great deal of laps. Now the bike is really, 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 really long and I'm not a huge fan of it, so this one can be a bit tougher. There is no getting around the fact that a 112 mile bike is a long, long haul. However, in staying away from rocket science, I realize that if I keep pedaling, I'm going to get somewhere at some point. I even reflect back to my childhood during this portion of the race. I used to ride to my best friend's house all the time in middle school, and he lived like seven miles away. So I figure I was riding at least 14 miles a day as a teenager, so adding 100 more miles to that figure as an adult really shouldn't be that big an issue. Finally, if you can walk, then you can walk faster. If you can walk faster, then you may be, might be able to even run. That's how I look at the run portion of the race. As long as I'm standing upright and moving forward, things are going well. It's as simple as that. Typically, the only constraint is that you have until midnight to finish the race uh, in an Ironman event, a full Ironman event. So in the worst case scenario, I could probably walk a 14-minute mile and still reach the finish line with some time to spare. Now, when I come over into the work world and I go into my classroom, uh, within my educational experiences, I treat the classroom in the same manner. It's really not rocket science. I could make it more difficult if I really wanted to, but I don't see the point. In the song Rocket Man by Elton John, he states, In all this science I don't understand, it's just my, five, or my job five days a week. If you really want to make it difficult, then by all means have at it. However, in the end, the students want someone to inspire them, believe in them, and in many cases simply love them. That's it. I've alluded to the fact in earlier podcasts and in my book that I am by no means learning strand obsessed. While I certainly look at the learning strands or or goals, so to speak, I don't tie myself to them. Uh, In my world of language arts or English, there are an abundance of strands for reading, writing, language, and speaking and listening. However, on the first day, I tell my students, and even at open house, I tell the parents the following. By the end of the year, each child will be a stronger reader, writer, thinker, and speaker than they are today. That's it. Straight, simple, and to the point. Now, if you're interested in refraining from turning your class or life into rocket science, uh, maybe give the following a little thought. Uh, If you know anything about the True Colors personality test, you might recognize that my teaching style drives a gold-dominant person absolutely nuts. Golds, for example, love structure, schedules. Uh, I happen to be a tie of orange-blue dominant. Oranges are risk-takers. They are fun-loving, outgoing, and they often fly by the seat of their pants. So that's me in a nutshell. 
Um, blues, on the other hand, are very relationship oriented. So I guess being a teacher pretty much matches uh, my color combo to a T. I'm not really trying to change anyone's teaching or lifestyle. I'm simply saying that if you want to make things a little bit easier or if you feel overwhelmed at all the abundance of stuff that comes your way in class or in life, maybe give some of these laid back uh, orange theories uh, of mine a try. We're going to call them breaking orange theories. Yeah, I'm hacking my title off uh, Breaking Bad, but you know what? Breaking Bad was one of the greatest shows I've ever seen, so why the heck not? Don't they say that imitation is the most sincere form of flattery? So I'm going to go with it. All right, my breaking orange theory number one. Ask yourself, what's the worst that could happen? So let's say that I don't get to strand speaking listening 1.2.2-67814A. Is the world of my, or is my world or my student's world really going to implode? Are you going to turn into a frog at the stroke of midnight? Most likely not. But if you do turn into a frog, you have to let me know. That's pretty dang cool. Sometimes just learn to relax and let go sometimes. Breaking orange theory number two, we'll call this magic moment. Try to be in the moment in your teaching and life. If your students are absolutely loving a particular unit, take it further and challenge them with additional material. See where their minds will take you and your class. Magic is beautiful. Stressing over strands and tests, not so much. If you build strong foundational skills, reading, writing, speaking, etc., the rest often falls into place. Breaking orange theory number three. You make me smile. This one should not be too tough. Smile more often. A happy and heartfelt classroom will always pay off in the end. In this type of environment, students are comfortable and feel safe, producing high levels of work and discussion, the essence of a nurturing learning environment. I don't know about you, but anything I do turns out better when I'm simply happy and as relaxed as possible. And my final theory, breaking orange theory number four, perspective please. As noted in uh, my chapter in my book, It's All About the View, I find it very helpful to not take myself very seriously. I'm lucky to have the students I have in front of me. I refuse to be the stage on the stage. I'm a ringleader, but they are the show. Our class is not a home without them, and I make sure they know that. I also realize that there is not one assignment I will ever give them that will matter much later in life. What will matter is the love, respect, and guidance I am able to provide them in our time together. Those memories are what they will carry with them once they leave my classroom. In the end, if I ever think of entertaining the notion of turning my life or my classroom into rocket science, I simply recall the Joker, the greatest of Batman's nemeses. I simply ask myself, why so serious? Thank you.